When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Administration. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome and good morning. Happy Friday, Junior, also known as Thursday. I'm Charity Seebecker, excited to be here with you. Today, it is going to warm up again with a high of 82 degrees. Tomorrow will be sunny and 83, and Saturday will be partly cloudy and 77. Moving into Sunday and the beginning of next week, you can expect some rain showers and temperatures in the mid-60s. So be sure to take advantage of this weekend's nice weather while you can. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, has more weather details coming your way a little later. Dan Carey, brewmaster with Nuclearis Brewing Company, gives an update on how the brewing industry is looking and his relationships with farmers to get the crops they need to be able to brew that beer. And joining us later is Mike North with Ever Egg out of Platteville. Stick around. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFinn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. More and more, our ag programs in our high schools are more involved in the total school than before. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. By that, we mean that they've been given facilities like greenhouses and shops and charity. They're using them not only to educate their students, but to actually have more input into the school itself. That's right, Bob. Farm to School connects communities to our nation's farmers and ranchers through field trips to farms, taste tests, and local food purchasing and other hands-on agricultural education. School districts really value that agriculture education model of that STEM-based classroom and lab instruction that experimental learning and leadership development. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Holman agriculture classes are such a hit that over 100 students were unable to get into classes this year. Joelle Ladon, agriculture science teacher of the Holman School District, shares more on the hands-on learning opportunities that make their program so intriguing and their farm-to-school program. We at Holman High School Agri-Science Department are getting very excited for the upcoming school year. Um, currently, the greenhouse is getting cleaned. The six hydroponic systems in the greenhouse are getting cleaned and set up, along with the one hydroponic system in the school cafeteria. Our fish tank just got cleaned by students today, which houses our native fishes of Wisconsin display. And just all the facilities are getting ready for students to come back to have their learning opportunities. 
you mentioned right before that you guys are short-staffed. How is that affecting you personally and how you're having to prepare differently this year? As we get started with the school year, a lot of physicians are unfilled. We don't have as much support staff. A really big problem in many districts is transportation, which is really unfortunate because a lot of our learning in career and technical education occurs outside of the classroom. So a barrier will be being able to get to those agribusinesses, to those partnerships in order to see things, simply because we don't have enough bus drivers. So if you know anyone that wants to drive bus, it'd be a great hypothesis. But to deal with that and to cope with that is we're going to need to be bringing in these industry experts into the classroom. So if we can't go to the apple orchard that's a different agribusiness or to the pizza farm or the doggy business, we are going to need to have them come to us until we can figure out that transportation shortage. How are you growing your interest in agriculture? In Holman, we are a pretty suburban area. Um, I think I could count on one hand all of the students who have a direct connection with a farm and our students are engaged in agricultural courses because of the opportunities and the methods that we have for teaching. Little are we sitting at a desk getting talked to as students and as an educator, am I talking to them? It is a learn by doing, as we say in the FFA model. So being able to work with their hands, create something that they can be proud of and be able to work with their peers in order to learn, which oftentimes they get a hand in their learning. They get a decision of, okay, maybe I want to learn the standard that the state says we're going to learn about is digestive systems. And the student gets to decide, okay, am I going to learn about a cat, which is my passion, or maybe it's a sheep digestive system with a ruminant um, system. So being able to take some ownership in their learning is definitely a reason that our program is growing and continues to grow today. What hands-on learning do you provide? I know you mentioned a little, but you provided the students for them to learn about where their food is coming from. I teach a greenhouse class, which is pretty much an introductory to plant and soil science, which is transcripted through Western Technical College. So students receive credit at WTC and lacrosse. They pass my course with a certain grade. And that course, all of the principles that we learn, we apply in our greenhouse on our asparagus garden in the spring and in our district apple orchard, which is near one of our elementary schools. So we are learning by doing there in fisheries ecology. We're making fishing rods and then going to use them out on the lake in wildlife, making calls. And in animal science, we're bringing animals in so that we can not just look at a poster of the anatomy of the horse, but we actually bring that horse onto campus and really trying to make things as applicable as possible so we're not just staring at a computer screen. So you mentioned you have live animals that are able to come in, but can you talk more about what that is and the opportunity students can have to help raise them and give back to the school and the farm to school program or exhibit them at the fair? At our school, in the school district of Holman, we have a great farm-to-school program. A big evidence of it is in the greenhouse, which strictly raises food for a school lunch program, along with houses, school-based enterprise essays, or work-based programming for supervised agricultural experiences. So that's where people most often see firsthand our farm-to-school, along with our students have the opportunity to raise animals that maybe they're already raising or 
they want to take advantage of this learning experience by choosing to raise an animal specifically for the school lunch program. So I have a student who raised beef and pigs, and then those animals get processed and then served in the school lunch. So it's really interesting, really cool when my students who maybe been around the ag world or have some connection to production agriculture, they get to be proud of what they're doing and teach their peers about how food gets from the farm to their plate. And then also seeing those faces of those students who didn't know that cattle get processed into their beef, that they just assumed it just came from the grocery store. And that's pretty eye-opening when they see an animal we bring in that's going to be harvested in a couple months to become their meat. And it's really great exposure for those students who aren't connected to the farm to school program so that they can see that that's an opportunity for them and know that they can say yes to having that experience. So since those students are taking the lead on that, are there any policies or safety regulations that you need to make sure are being followed, especially when it does come to the processing side and being able to turn around and give it back to the school? How does that work? What are your partnerships you need to have in place? Use all modern sanitizing methods. Everything's on stainless steel so it can be properly cleaned. Students know, wash our hands, um, all that jazz. So our standard operating procedures are pretty well laid out. So what all do you grow for the farm to school program in your greenhouse? Predominantly, we're growing lettuce in our seven hydroponic systems. There's three different systems. Um, we also have a microgreen system and 14, like, pallet size. Think of a pallet that you get, like, seed corn on, put that on the ground, and then make it a raised bed. We have 14 of those in our greenhouse as well. So we're predominantly growing several varieties of lettuce, spinach, Cilantro is a big one. We have a high Hmong population at Coleman, and we have one of our lunch lines is oftentimes having cilantro ingredients in it. So it's really cool to be able to provide that for a local culture here. And we can pretty much grow anything. Carrot, they've done potatoes prior to me being here. We'd like to include that again. And then herbs are going to be our really big thing this year, trying to include more herbs, not only cilantro, like mint and basil and other things that people are cooking with. How does your relationship with the school lunch program work then? Are you just donating it to them or is it a business side of things where students are able to also learn that side of things of how Okay, I processed this or grown it. Now I need to market it and sell it. The animals that are raised for the school lunch program is all business structure between the student and the nutrition services. And then the greenhouse, we have a relationship where they are purchasing our consumables and then we provide the produce to the nutrition services. How is your class enrollment now since you've have these exciting opportunities for the hands-on learning and is there a chance of growth that you see in the future? Our enrollment in the agri-science department at Holman is incredible. I can teach about 240, 220 students a year and I can provide about 12 classes depending on which classes run and there's about double that that signed up for classes. So there's 
a good couple hundred students who were not able to get into an agri science class this year due to not having a second ag teacher at this time, which we're really optimistic that and hopeful that the community will continue to see that number grow and support a second agri science teacher and FSA advisor so we can prove and continue providing opportunities for these students that they want to say yes to. If you are a local agribusiness or community member and would like to support what we're doing here in the Holman Agri Science Department, we would love to partner with you to provide our students opportunities, whether that is physical support by coaching a current development event team or helping with the leadership activity or fiscal support to supply us with consumables or for transportation. We would love to partner with you to give our students some real connections to the community. That was Joelle Ladon, agriculture science teacher for Holman School District. If you are a local business or community member and would like to support what they're doing, they would love to partner with you to help give their students some real connection to the community. You can contact Joelle at 608 506-3372. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Your tough jobs, the really big ones, deserve a hard-working John Deere tractor from Sloan Implement. Right now, get 0% for five years and $1,000 off on a 5E series tractor. No matter the size of your work, the John Deere 5E is the perfect fit. And when you take a seat on your tractor, your land stands to benefit. 0% for 60 months. Some restrictions apply. See Sloan Implement for details. Offer ends 10 You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flaps. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. In the field, the right partner can make all the difference. One that's dependable, straightforward, and is there when you need them. That's LG Seeds. From our hybrids and soybean varieties to our service and support, reliability is in everything we do. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin stay. It's a great way to start your day. 
Well, at least so far, so good. Glad you're along with us for a Thursday morning. Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist, is along with us as well to kind of kick off our day. I'm kind of curious, though, uh, for the past couple of days, as soon as I walk out of the studio, it's like Braille trying to find my vehicle. Are we got more fog moving in today? There will be more fog. I don't know that it'll be quite so widespread and heavy as it's been, but there still will be some fog. I know that's not the news you wanted to hear, but that's just how it works this time of the year. has to do with that warm-up we've been seeing, the fact that we cooled out a bit more at the nighttime. Not as cool this morning, so I don't think that fog will be as prevalent, but still a very fine day is in store. A lot of sunshine, very summery conditions, no doubt, with a warm front off to our north. The system that's going to change all this is finally starting to pull the front in from the west. The front in northwest North Dakota back on into Montana this morning, and there is some rain. There are a few scattered showers way in the far northwest corner of Minnesota and back into North Dakota and southern Canada. That cool front is going to start to slide our way, and that's when things are going to start to change. Out ahead of the cool front, yes, another sunny, very warm day today, another one tomorrow, and then the rain begins to edge on in. The rain chance is showing up at La Crosse and even Mauston by late tomorrow or into Friday night may not make their way to the Madison or even Beaver Dam area until into Saturday or Saturday afternoon and then linger a little longer in eastern Wisconsin through Saturday night or into early Sunday. I expect rain amounts at the Madison area, a quarter inch or so, maybe a little bit more heading toward Boston and La Crosse and even central Wisconsin. There could some be, be some rain amounts in that half or even near three-quarter inch range as we head through Saturday and into Saturday night. So heavier rain expected to the north and west. And then cooler air follows this all in. We've talked about that. Temperatures will drop down into the 70s for daytime highs, maybe even some upper 60s on towards Sunday or into Monday. It warms up again next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a young farmer and agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers wfbf.com you'll learn so much a voice for farmers vision for agriculture wisconsin farm bureau rural mutual insurance keeping wisconsin strong rural mutual is the number one farm insurer in wisconsin for a good reason as a company founded by farmers they understand the ag industry and its challenges Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All right, buddy, let's help. soil is your farm's greatest asset. Every season is an opportunity for both short-term profit and long-term improvement. The Midwestern BioAg way optimizes yields, soil fertility, and sustainability, nurturing your greatest asset. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. All right, let's try it now. Have that forecast for me, Stu? 
Absolutely. A little patchy fog possible here and there this morning. Otherwise, a sunny day. And again, in the low 80s, could be warmer, mid-80s near La Crosse, as south winds will be around 5 to 10. Still clear skies overnight. We drop down to around 60, maybe an upper 50 here or there. South winds 5 to 10. Some sunshine Friday, a rain chance late day, La Crosse or Mauston in the low and mid-80s. South winds at 5 to 10. Rain more likely Saturday, partly sunny. Showers could be some thunderstorms, upper 70s on Saturday. Winds become northeast at 5, and then low 70s or upper 60s. A little sprinkles yet in the south on Sunday, Pam. A little cooler to wrap it up and start next week as well. Well, next week, I'm getting ready to head to Scotland and Ireland. You'll have to kind of do daily weather updates so you can keep people in step with us while we're over there. I can give you that forecast. It may sprinkle a little bit every day, and it's going to be great. <laughs> Yes, that's that's exactly what we're experiencing. That's exactly what we're looking forward to. All right, buddy. Very good. We'll catch up with you tomorrow for a finally Friday. All right. Take care. All right. Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist, with those weather details that you're looking for. Yeah, don't forget, next week you'll get a chance to kind of follow along as we make our way Scotland and Ireland, where we're headed. Follow along. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the field, it's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up. Just like LG Seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres, giving you reliable yield you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. This is Jeff Dunn from Dunn's Import. Let's talk about car technicians. This occupation has changed more than you would believe. To repair the modern car takes a person to evaluate the symptoms and precisely diagnose the failure. Remember, cars don't talk. I am proud of how my techs handle our everyday holy cow problem cars. For career techs that work on German and Asian cars only, call Dunn's Import in Middleton. We've all been through a lot together. And along the way, you find out who really cares for you and who you can trust. Because there's a lot of stuff that happens in life. Like those days when the amazing happens. Or those days that are really, really hard. That's why you need someone like Unity Point Health. Because when it comes to your health, you gotta have someone you can trust. Unity Point Health Meritor, a partner of UW Health. Know how much you matter to this world. If you notice broken or cracked shingles on your home, or you have granules coming out of your downspout, it could be symptoms of future problems with your roof. Our experienced team at Badgerland Exteriors are trained to catch the smallest issues before they turn into larger ones. That's how we think things should be done in Badgerland. For a free, no-obligation estimate, go to BadgerlandExteriors.com. Badgerland Exteriors, roofing, siding, windows, and gutters. We've seen it, we've solved it, and we make homes better. What's the one thing that can ruin any fishing trip? Not having a boat. Lucky for you, Mad City Power Sports has a great selection of 2021 boats in stock. You'll find incredible deals on America's number one selling fishing boat, Tracker, like Bass Trackers, starting at 14120. Don't get left out on the shore this year. Get out to Mad City Power Sports off the interstate into forest today. MadCityPowerSports.com. 
Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has a roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Last night, Brandon Woodruff, seven innings under his belt, 91 pitches, only given up two hits and one earned run. Brewers are leading 6-1 to one when Woody was pulled. What happened after that, boys? They lost. Perdomo came in, got absolutely annihilated, and then the Brewers lost 10-7 to seven in 10 innings after leading 6-1 to one going into the eighth. I, I turned it off after Perdomo wow. uh, had three straight hitters that clearly... Wow. Could pick up the ball and say, Oh, you're not you're not that hard of a pitcher. No. And they didn't they waited a whole nother batter before they put anybody up in the bullpen. So Grant Bills tweeted out, uh, F this team, I'm going to bed. Uh, I responded to this morning. I, I did the uh, screenshot of the Brewers pitching, the you know, the box score. And I said, Good thing they pulled Woody. Yeah. Uh he has not responded. I know he's tweeting. I saw him tweeting, so he's not responding. I don't I doubt he will respond. He's kind of a coward sometimes when it comes to me coming after him. I love you though, Grant. <laughs> Again, I hope he's listening. I never understood why you have someone who is a workhorse like Brandon Woodruff, good at what he does, literally gave up two hits, had 91 pitches. This is a do-or-die stretch for the Milwaukee Brewers to end the season here to get to the playoffs. And you yank him to put in, as Rowdy, I don't think this is any, anyone can disagree with this. Well, who's Perdomo and Strzelecki? Triple A 
They're triple A arms. They're at best quadruple A arms. They're nothing better. They will be nothing better. That is what they are. And I don't know why I don't know why uh you're saying that these are all must win games, Evo. They still have a month left. <laughs> They they still have exactly four weeks left. What's funny is, Rowdy, all the people that are complaining about the Brewers losing now were the same people months ago when the season started to say, well, it doesn't matter if he pulls a pitcher early. It's just one game. It's just one Ebo, game. Ebo, there's four weeks left. That's forever. I'm sure they'll figure it out in time. I, I am very positive with this Brewers team. I see something in this team where they can turn it around and they can make the postseason. Well, uh, what are you talking about Freddie Peralta being pulled three weeks ago and they lost to the Cubs after he had a no-hitter? It's just one game. It's a no-hitter. Council did it so that he it's could save Corbin game. Burns' arm, so he could save Brandon Woodruff's arm. He's getting them ready. They will catch fire. This team will start to hit. They'll make the postseason. They'll get in there. They'll puff their chests out. That's the thickest sarcasm ever. This team sucks. They're not going anywhere. No. I told you if I had a DraftKings account and we were in a state where it's you could legally bet on DraftKings because they offered the yep. make the playoffs or not make the playoffs, I would throw a hefty amount down hefty, hefty, on hefty. them not to make it when they were plus 150. Yeah. As each day goes by, that plus money is getting closer and closer to not plus money. As of yesterday, it was only plus 105. This team is not good. They're managed poorly by a bunch of effing sissies. I would love to go back and see how many times people said it's just one game when Council pulled someone with like 82 pitches and you know or 90 pitches and say just one game to see, okay, well, they're nine and a half games below, or eight, is it eight and a half or nine and a half, whatever it is below the Cardinals and three games below the eight Padres, and eight and a half before yeah. the Cardinals and three games below the Padres and the Phillies for the final two wildcard spots. I would love to know how many of those it's just one games would have added up to them actually being in the lead. Well, now you look at it, those it's, it's just, just one, game. one games, people. It's just one game. If you tie either San Diego or Philly, you're not making the playoffs because there's no extra 163. It's just one it game. Goes to, uh, it goes to your head-to-head. And they lost both series. Yeah. Both overall series. I just hate when people say, well, you know, it's not so-and-so's fault. It's not this fault. I just sit there and look at it and go, Craig Council... Needed a win. He had one of his horses on the mound. Supposedly, Matt Bush was down. Supposedly, Devin Williams was down. I guess yeah, he didn't want to use tasked. Brad Boxberger. So why are you pulling one of your horses early then for basically triple-A arms to finish this game? I get you're up by five, but you need this game like you, you need blood. Game. You have to win. It doesn't make any sense. But then the thing that pisses me off is you have these people that won't say anything about Craig Council. They will not criticize him. They'll get on their knees for him. And, oh, well, you know, this might have been on Craig, but I don't want him fired. How long do you want to watch him manage the Brewers (laughs) and not actually win a championship? 15 more years? 20 more years? Does he have a lifetime pass? I don't give an F if he's from Wisconsin. I don't care if the person was from Antarctica. (laughs) I want to see them win. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. While some people may not think of beer as an agricultural product, 
it truly is. Brewers depend heavily on farmers for a consistent supply of grains and hops to ensure the production of quality beer. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Dan Carey, brewmaster with New Glarus Brewing Company, shares more on how things are going in the brewing industry. But first, we talk about what his relationship with farmers is and how they get crops for production. Hops we buy in two ways. We have some contracts directly with farmers. We buy mostly in in Yakima, Washington, and in the Willamette Valley of Oregon. We buy hop in Wisconsin from the Wisconsin Hop Growers Exchange Co-op. We also buy hops from Germany and Czech Republic, mainly through hop brokers, and in rare cases, directly from farmers. As far as barley and wheat, we use malted barley and malted wheat. So there's a process that has to happen between the farm and the brewery, and that's called malting. So we buy directly from maltsters, and our maltsters, most of it comes from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and Shakopee, Minnesota. And so we contract with maltsters. We contract on a yearly basis, amount that we need of wheat and barley and uh, specifications, and uh, they go out and contract with farmers. Most of our wheat and barley come from the Rocky Mountain area, mostly Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. We try mainly to stay in the United States. We, in very, very rare cases, we might go to Canada, but we, we try to, I would say, 99% comes from U.S. How has inflation and supply chain impacted your business, whether that's getting bottles, caps, or other items needed? Yeah, it's been brutal. I would say that um, I know farmers are facing the same types of things with all of their inputs, fertilizer, et cetera, going up significantly in price. Our biggest price increase has been with cans. There's basically only has been three suppliers of cans in the United States and a lot of different beverages, seltzers and energy drinks, et cetera, are moving towards cans. So there's been a shortage of cans and the price went up last year about 60%. Minimum orders have gone to very large amounts. So cans are our biggest price increase, but everything's gone up. Uh, you know, of course, we have to be competitive with labor costs. They've gone up. Our malt costs have gone up 20%. So I would say, on average, our cost of doing business compared to pre-COVID is probably up 20 25%. How has your labor force been? It takes a lot to be able to make that beer, and you need all hands on deck. So how is your labor part as well? You know, my wife and business partner, Deb, always says that uh, I'm an engineer, so I think in terms of technical things. And she says, look, it's not machinery that makes beer. It's people that make beer. And brewing beer is highly technical. You need highly trained people. And most of them are trained in-house. So nowadays, it's obviously a seller's market as far as the labor that people can go anywhere. And uh, particularly maintenance technicians or IT people, they can go anywhere and, and kind of write their own meal ticket. So we need to be competitive, uh, not only in our wages, but our benefits, uh, health insurance, of course, it's probably one of our number one costs. Also, we need to make certain that our people feel engaged. They need to be challenged. They need to feel like they're making a difference. So that takes a lot of effort, but we've done really good. We're, we're fully staffed. We're very blessed in Greene County with people with a very, very strong work ethic and loyalty as long as we're good to them. Do you consider yourself an agritourism destination? I would say, firstly, we're a manufacturer. 
So we put most of our effort into manufacturing, but people love breweries. People love to go to breweries. They love to to drink beer. And we don't really do a lot of marketing, per se. So having people come to our gift shop, have a beer, buy a T-shirt, walk around the brewery is really a great way for us to interface with our customers. So 100% yes, we are agritourism. Beer has been marketed as sort of an industrial commodity, but it's really the end product of agriculture. What efforts do you make to be environmentally friendly? That's an ongoing process. I think true responsibility, it's good business, first of all, because if you're efficient with your raw materials, whether they're your barley and hops or water or natural gas or labor, you're going to be more competitive. You're going to be more profitable as a company. So I think that us being good stewards allows us to do that. For example, brewing fermentation produces CO2 gas, and historically we vented that to atmosphere, and now we're putting in a machine to collect that CO2, compress it into a gas, and reuse it in the brewing process instead of buying CO2, and that, I think, is kind of a big deal. I'm very proud of that. We also do a lot of energy recovery. We have to boil the beer in the process, and that energy is recovered and reused, so we put a lot of effort in trying to get as much out of the process as we can. How many batches of beer do you make in a typical month or year? We make probably 10 a day, 50 a week. Um, Of course, we sell less in the winter than we do in the summer, so 50 a week, say um, 2,000. So how do you choose what style or types to brew? Is it dependent on the crafts that you can get or like availability of it, or is it just your preference? No, it's the exact opposite. We decide on a beer, on a recipe, and then we go out and try to find the raw materials for it. But the main driver is obvious that it depends on what people will buy. If people don't buy your beer, you're just a glorified home brewer. So we have to make beer that people will drink, and that sounds obvious, but it's not so easy. Flavor is complex, beer is complex, and the difference between a beer that has drinkability versus a beer that doesn't is sometimes not obvious. And what I mean by drinkable is when you work hard all day, you come home and you have a beer and you look down and your glass goes empty quicker than you would expect. That's a good drinkable beer. And we strive for that continuously. That was Dan Carey, brewmaster of New Glarus Brewing Company. They offer tours Monday through Friday where you can continue to learn more and try their different handcrafted beers. You can find more stories like this on our website at MidwestFarmReport.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter where this morning you would have received stories about an egg business chamber working to bring agriculture into the classroom, how lumber markets are looking, success for a local cattleman, and an upcoming field day. Also in today's newsletter was a story about an upcoming workshop that will address many of the important risk policy, and community-related issues with new digital farming technologies like robots, automated field equipment, and other labor-saving devices. I won't give too much away, so make sure you head over to the website to learn more. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall report to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Attention hunters, are you getting frustrated trying to find a processor that can treat your wild game the right way? Well, 
Let me introduce you to my friends at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Fabulous farm mate Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. You can find them online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. BavariaSausage.com. Also find their Facebook page with great instructional videos that will take you behind the scenes. Now, for over 50 years, Bavaria Sausage has been processing wild game the old world way. Deer, venison, elk, bear, antelope, wild boar, mule deer, caribou, moose, you name it, and they're handling it. You can find details on how you can bring your wild game to them at BavariaSausage.com. Remember, if you're looking for that old world flavor to amp up the quality of that wild game, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen has the recipe for you. Find all their guidelines online, BavariaSausage.com, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen on Facebook. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Even though a bid that you get looks great or a program looks great, make sure that you go and get a comparative bid. The easiest way to compare bids is a price per watt. It's what the whole solar industry works off of. A simple phone call to Olson Solar Energy, you can find out quickly whether or not you can save serious amounts of money. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. This past week, some farmers started harvesting corn for silage, and some producers started planting winter wheat. Both corn and soybean conditions are looking brighter than last week. Corn condition was 78% good to excellent statewide, up two percentage points from last week. Soybean condition was 78% good to excellent, up four percentage points. The oat harvest is nearing the finish line with 91% off the ground. That's a day behind last year, but five days ahead of the average. Looking at the Chicago markets, December corn is up three quarters at 677 and a half. November beans are up seven and a half at 1391. And December wheat is up nine and a half at 853 and three quarters. On the dairy side of things, barrel cheese closed up six cents yesterday at 193 and a half. 40 pound block cheese closed up nine cents at 185. And double A butter closed up two and three quarters cents. At 314 and three quarters. October Class 3 milk contract is trading today at 2033 a hundred weight, down a penny. And November milk is trading at 2090 a hundred weight, up five cents. Coming up next, we have Mike North from EverAg out of Platteville joining us live on this Thursday morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the field, the right partner can make all the difference. One that's dependable, straightforward, and is there when you need them. That's LG Seeds. From our hybrids and soybean varieties to our service and support, reliability is in everything we do. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center, with a get or fix, get or done, to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. 
Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we are talking about all things dairy as we roll our way into a Thursday trade session. And I'll tell you what, yesterday, if you didn't pay attention to the dairy markets, you sure should have. It was entertaining as opposed to fearful. Mike North, primary uh, manager with Everag out of Platteville, joining us this morning. Yowza, my boy. I mean, everything, barrel, block, butter especially caught my attention yesterday. What in the world was going on? Well, we're into that time of year that we've talked about where buyers are coming to the table, putting together their fourth quarter uh, orders, making sure they've got enough in the pipeline to fill that big demand push that we always have that time of year. And they showed up yesterday. Uh, Barrels up six cents. Barrel uh, the the uh, butter set an all time new high price of three dollars and fourteen and three quarter cents up two and three quarters. Uh, it was uh, it was a really really nice push as we came into yesterday, and it's this kind of activity that we've been kind of uh, looking for for a, a number of weeks now, and uh, it's exciting to see. Absolutely. But how long are we going to be able to sustain this? I mentioned yesterday on television, when you've got butter that's over 310 a pound, I got to believe we're going to get pushed back there pretty quick. Oh, that's the problem with Mike and Platteville. You got to move around there. <laughs> Trying it again. Uh, like I said, uh, butter going over that 310 a pound mark. I got to wonder how long that's going to be able to last. Yeah, I think this is going to be a short-lived event. We we can't look past the fact that this is normal, but generally not long-lived. And as we talk about this year, I don't believe it to be any different. So when we take a look at the current structure, uh, there's only so much time that we can see butter hold at $3.14. And if you go back in time, 2015 was the last year we had a really big, strong butter market. But by the time we got into December of that year, we took more than a dollar out of butter in a matter of a week and a half. And that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, we're very fearful of, especially with recession looming uh, in our economy. Uh, that's very, uh, that, that is something that's very probable and something that we're very concerned about as we get deeper into the fall. So don't look for this to be a long lasting event. Yeah, like you said, the same situation with cheese, barrel and black. It is seasonal. Uh, now, last week, one of your fellows, Matt Channel, made comment about we do have to pay attention to these cheese prices. In Wisconsin, we're all about specialty cheese. Consumer concerns, inflation, the holidays. Are we worried about our specialty cheese complex, Mike? We are because even as specialty cheese makers, uh, 
Wisconsin, we price that against the traditional block cheddar price. So even though we, you know, price over the top of that, the baseline is still block cheddar price. So if the block cheddar price goes down, our specialty cheese price goes down. And that's something we need to be very concerned about. So, you know, as we watch the the greater trend in the market, so goes uh, the pricing structure here in Wisconsin. So that's why milk checks still ebb and flow, even through uh, a, a specialty cheese plant. Uh, we may get a little bit of a higher premium, but that premium sits on top of the base price uh, that everybody else shares around the country. How about cheese volume, cold storage report, or even how plants are performing right now, Mike, going into our seasonal demand high? Well, I think that's exactly why we're concerned. The The cheese volumes in storage right now is very, very high. And uh, when we take a look at current cold storage numbers, if the buyer backs away and that seasonal curve holds true, we could see some sharp declines as we get into Q4 uh, that carry us back to you know levels much lower than, than where they are. And you know, obviously for the dairymen, the bigger concern is that you know their feet are experiencing the exact same uh, effects. So when we when we when we talk about these milk prices and we look at these trends in cheese. Really important that uh, we're you know we're paying attention to these upticks because everything you just mentioned is exactly what concerns us. So let's uh, look ahead then. Feed costs are a major concern. Uh, milk price is something we've got to watch. How far are you asking guys to risk manage through 2023, or do we wait and see what happens? Yeah, we've been very active out through the first half and even into the third quarter of 2023, even depending on, uh, you know, where a guy's cost structures are, even also starting to look even uh, into Q4 of 2023. Uh, but those that those first two quarters the, and, and to a lesser extent, the third quarter of next year are, are, are very much on the menu and should be sought after uh, as we speak. I mean, if we look at prices out through that period of time right now, we have a lot of $21 milk as we uh, close out the year and step into 2023, uh, and a lot of mid-20s as you carry that all the way out into fall of, of uh, 2023. Those are historically high prices. And the, the caution I give dairymen all over the place is that the consumer is not concerned about how much money you're making milking cows. And so feed costs are irrelevant to them. But milk price in this country still is a byproduct of product price. And that comes from what the customer is willing to pay. So uh, that's that, that's what we're trying to balance right now as we look forward into 2023. You are a gem, my boy, not only for the content, but for being able to pivot on getting that message in. Mike North joining us live this morning from his uh, man cave in Platteville. He's part of the Everag crew, ready to help you risk manage your way into 2023. They have got a great team, and regardless of if it's dairy, if it's uh, grain, if it's anything, they can help you manage through, including beef uh, and livestock. Ever.ag is how you get connected with good folks like Mike North, uh, Matt Channel, and all the rest of the folks that you hear right here on Midwest Farm Report. All right, tomorrow morning, we are going to give you a few uh, reasons why you need to check in on local resources, especially as you get older. Uh, the rural community doesn't always have those resources. We're going to share the message tomorrow with our friends from AARP.